Welcome to Reading for Attention, the weekly podcast where me, Paul, and me bezzy mate Sarah chat about a recent book whilst drinking a carefully selected beverage. Now, why have we committed to reading a book every single week and talking about it in a public forum? Well, the same reason me and Sarah do anything in life, for attention. Hi, Sarah. Hi, Paul. You okay? Yeah, I'm good. Yeah, yeah. How are you? Yeah, good. Thanks. What you been up to this week, my honey? This week, well, this weekend, Paul, I went away to Anglesey, North Wales. Lovely. Um, and yeah, for my mum's birthday, she turned 36. <laughs> does make, she was a child bride. Um, <laughs> and we just had a lovely weekend of going on walks, excellent, like excellent walks because really beautiful locations, but because the dog's just a puppy, we can't go too far. So I'm talking like three, five minute walks a day, which is my idea of a a good walk. Yeah. Hike. Yeah. Oh yeah. I wore my hiking boots for every single one of them. Um, ate some delicious food, mostly seafood. Don't know why that's important. Just felt, just felt appropriate to mention Uh and drank a colossal amount of Prosecco. Yes, lovely. I've, uh, it's my mum's birthday today, actually. Happy birthday, mum. She was here Happy this morning. Birthday, and yeah, she left this morning. But yeah, our mums have similar birthdays. My mum's mm-hmm. turning 104, I think. <laughs> and considering the world's apart in age, they really get on like a house on fire, don't they? Yeah, it's very true. And yeah, I have a vague memory of, so Friday night was out with my brother, his girlfriend, Jade, Michael, and my mom. Mm-hmm. That was pretty messy. I feel like we need, this is every single podcast. <laughs> but Just, What have you done? Got pissed, yeah. Uh-huh, yeah, but I remember us sending voice notes to each other on Saturday night, like really oh, drunk I, voice notes. <laughs> I woke up on Sunday and I was like, they started at 6pm, then voice note. Yeah, I, I mean, I, cu- I couldn't tell you one thing that you said, but no, I remember thinking, whoa, we are all, we are all peers. Yeah, because it's my friend Helen's birthday on Saturday. So went to her, see her and Kirstie and met a wonderful couple. <gasps> wonderful couple. Oh, I can see the, the, the envy in your eyes. The fury. Who, you know when you just just kind of sort of fall in love with someone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, me and Michael mutually fell in love with this couple. And... God, I hate them. I hate them already. <laughs> yeah. But I've made them listen to the podcast and we've got a recommendation from them, which I'll talk about at the end. Oh, so that's exciting. If you're listening, hello. Let's see, because this is episode 16. Let's see if our friendship stands the test of time because... You could be listening to this in three months and be like, who the hell is that? <laughs> I don't remember him. Who's this podcast? Uh, <laughs> will you click? I think it's fine, but will you click on the microphone and see what your microphone source is? I think it's fine. I think. Oh, it's not. Is it not? No, that's good, isn't it? Oh, that's it. Do. 
just in case, should I just quickly give the book bio again? I mean, it's been... It's, oh. It will have recorded. No, it, it did have. record. It just sounds totally different. <laughs> like, it sounds as if you don't have a microphone plugged in. It's just like you talking to your laptop. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> the worst has happened. Well, could have been worse. No, the worst. Actually, it, it's effectively the same thing. Is We always say this is episode 16, I think. And mm-hmm. we've never really had that many technical issues. And I always nah. think oh, what if it doesn't record and we'll have to do it again? So it's not as bad as that, but we've been chatting on for 15 minutes. And then I sort of realised Sarah's voice sounds a bit different and she didn't have her microphone plugged in. So. (laughs) God's sake. That's fine with me, actually, because I just told a really shit story. (laughs) I'm still (laughs) loving the story. Yeah, so let's just pretend that never happened. Mm -hmm. Sarah, what we're drinking what we're reading. This week, Paul, we read Jason June's debut novel and our debut young adult novel, Jay's Gay Agenda. Through a first person narrative, we follow Jay, a gay, fabulous, a gay. <laughs> <laughs> Jay, a gay. <laughs> um, we follow Jay, a young, fabulous, gay man, as he navigates his new, fabulous, gay life uh, in Seattle obsessed with statistics and lists and numbers and figures Jay creates a Jay again <laughs> <laughs> Jay creates a gay agenda <laughs> yeah, I'm just screaming into the mic now as well. <laughs> <laughs> this is going so bad <laughs> <laughs> oh my face my whole face has gone red oh carry on babe we're doing well We can do it. We can do it. Okay, right. I'm going to take one headphone off. Yeah. Like I'm a celebrity and I need to not listen to the song. I'm obsessed with statistics and lists and numbers and figures. Jay creates a gay agenda, a list of to do's, or should I say, who to do's. As he, tries, as he tries to discover exactly where he fits into his new queer-tastic community. It's sex-positive, proper liberal, and laugh-out-loud funny. And to celebrate this book, we are drinking an apple sours martini, an, an apple teeny. Um, mine is with two shots of, not vodka, gin, five shots of apple sours, a dash of lemon and lime carbonated soda and two maraschinos. <laughs> Sarah's not well today, guys. <laughs> A dash of carbonated lemon and lime soda. Soda. 
Speed, oh my yeah. god take over paul take over so sarah's drink has got five shots of apple sours in it which might explain because effectively she's got seven shots in this drink and it is the most neon green thing i've ever seen uh, as i'm drinking a shot a shot a drink with seven shots in it paul i'm pissed no wouldn't i Whereas mine, the ratios are slightly different and I used fresh lemon and lime, which bougied it up a bit, and which I shouldn't have done. But still delicious, extremely refreshing. Sarah's been in Preston, so she's managed to find some actual ingredients for once. Um, and yeah, it's, it's, it's a beautiful, delicious drink that I think goes extremely well with this book. Yeah, me too. It's cheerful and sweet and... I don't know if this is going to be. I'm in, I'm in Strugsville, Tennessee, April. <laughs> Speaking of Tennessee. Um, oh, yeah. I don't know if it is in Tennessee. Oh, if it's set in Tennessee. Well, anyway, tell me, Paul, what did you think of this book? I thought this book was a rip-roaring romp of fun. I can't think of another R word. I really like this, this book. It's exactly what I expected from a YA, a queer YA, an American queer YA, and an American queer YA by Jason June, who I follow on Instagram and describes themselves as a genderqueer mermaid unicorn and all of these different things. Follow Jason June on Instagram. It's Joy- Joysville, Tennessee. <laughs> Joy unbounded. <laughs> Joy unbounded. Um, yeah, I, I, I loved it. It was obviously so easy to read. The thoughts extremely formulaic, as you would expect from a YA, you know, mm-hmm. This guy grows up in the Midwest or something, somewhere remote, and then moves to Seattle where he meets his first gay people, makes this new queer friend, bumps into this fit man who's also queer, and then another fit man, and then, you know, starts shagging them, and then <laughs> it all blows up and he accidentally lets everyone down, and then, oh yeah, it's just just easy, joyful, unashamedly queer, really sex positive, which I loved about it. And just, dealt with sex in a really nice way, I think, in a really... Because it's, it's always funny, like, writing sex for kids, which essentially this is, like, YA yeah. is aimed at children, like, minors. How do you write sex for kids? I'd feel like you, you really... I'd, I'd, you know what? I'm going to check what pronouns Jason June uses. You you go ahead with your point. Yep, I was just going to say the exact same. The highlight of the book was, the, for me, was the how sex positive it was. I just think if if... Books were like this when we were growing up. Mm-hmm. I just think it, it, everything in life would just be different and better. <laughs> totally. And uh, there was no zero shame in any of the chat about sex. He didn't feel shame. There were a lot of there were a lot of um, well subliminal messages, but they weren't really subliminal. They were pretty on the nose most of the time. All about like consent and well, the various different messages. It was incredibly left wing. <laughs> um, I think even one of the characters is like pro Hillary Clinton, which I don't know how well that's aged. Um, <laughs> yes. So Jason Junius is he, him, and she, her. Massive Laura Dern fan, Jason June, and often puts himself in pictures with him and Laura Dern. It's pretty funny. Uh, Who isn't a massive Laura Dern fan? Well, yeah, quite. Laura Dern is fantastic. She, she so is. Max is Jason June. I knew it. I had that He's connection. Max. Max is Jay's new best friend when he moved. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I found it hard because Jay, Jason, 
Mm. I was I was picturing Jason obviously again attaching the author to the characters but yeah. I was just picturing Jason June sort of sauntering around a high school uh, but I think I, I like what you said about the way that it dealt with sex positivity because it was never he was never shamed for wanting to have sex and for having sex no but, and there was not even in his thoughts about it either like there was no, no there was no but, self-admonishment there was never like a moment where he was like oh maybe I shouldn't be this horny all yeah. the time he was just like <laughs> yeah I'm horny as fuck because I'm a teenage boy <laughs> Yeah, me and Sarah have got this new thing where we put notes about the books that we're reading so we don't forget. And I put always seconds away from ejaculating. Uh, <laughs> Literally, non stop boner. Yeah, a boy, you can't go near a boy without, like, I've, I've already got one quote that I wanted to read out, but it just typifies this whole motif. So, Tony set his cup on the luge table where an ice cream cone was taking an inadvisable amount of shots. Someone dressed as an ice cream cone for context. Yeah, I can help with that. Let me, uh, Tony bit his bottom lip, show you around. Even though there were loads of volcanoes in my vicinity, that lip bite made me the one on the verge of an eruption. <laughs> and it was just over and over again. He was just, just like almost going to fucking spaff everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> Which I just loved. I thought it was just funny and yeah, it was. That was so funny and never tiring. How often yeah. he was just, it would be like, my heart fluttered and so did my penis. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like every other sentence. Funny. Yeah. Um, but the, the teaching moment, though, instead of coming from how we should politicize sex or how we should not politicize, what's the word? How we should regulate um, sex, I guess. Yeah. It was that you should always be honest. <laughs> And you can't, again, you can't really argue with that. It wasn't. So at oh, one no, point, he... he's shagging a really thick guy who's a bit of a fuckboy, basically. But he knows he's a fuckboy and he's quite happy for him to be because he just wants to have this experience. And he's not in any way, you know, inappropriate or forceful. They're just having sex for sex's sake. And then he's got the guy that he's in love with, who's absolute dreamboat angel, lovely man. And he gets himself in a pickle because he doesn't, he's just not honest with uh, the one who he's in love with, basically. And yeah, gets an, gets himself in a mess, as you can imagine. But it's never like you shouldn't have shagged that other guy. It's it's like you should have been honest about how you were feeling. Exactly. Communicate, communicate, communicate. Mm. Mm. Which is a big theme, isn't it? In life. <laughs> yeah. I was just going to say that I really liked the peripheral characters as well. You know how I was saying in the last book that I've, I'm sort of over reading about parents who don't like their gay children? Yeah. Well, there was none of that here. None Jade's parents were that. totally fine. Jade's, Jade's mom bought him condoms. Jade's dad was just like a, no, a normal, annoying dad, but loved his son and was really supportive oh, of his dates. And yeah, and the mother was the one who was in and the money. She was the breadwinner. She had like a good job in a supermarket as like an area manager or something. And mm-hmm. the dad was often at home. And other characters' parents were always fine. There was never any hint of judgment from the parents. And I think it's just really refreshing to read that because obviously it's a trope in queer fiction and continues to be. And not that that's wrong, but it's just nice to not have to worry about the parents here. What we were worried about was, was Jay going to spaff in the right places at the right time? And often he didn't. And that was what you know, he lied about where he was going to spaff and that was the problem. Exactly. But it wasn't that his parents were judging him or anything. I think as well, in terms of like YA characters, I think there probably needs to be a balance between a character having sort of unique, like you would see in an adult 
fiction novel like sort of unique idiosyncrasies and character traits um so that they are authentic but then also being sort of blanket enough that they are relatable to a vast majority or like you know how um teddy bears are supposed to be completely expressionless so children can just project exactly how they're feeling onto the teddy bear oh I didn't know that that's quite creepy actually no it's like a psychological thing it's quite sweet like if a child's upset they can just go upstairs and the teddy bear won't just be grinning at them like mercilessly oh, or right, okay. like if they're if they're buzzing the teddy bear isn't just gonna be like <laughs> i don't know why a teddy bear would be like that but you get my point um and, and it's so the that... listeners benefit sarah did a weird sad face yeah um that's just my sad face <laughs> okay a beautiful sorry a beautiful sad face <laughs> And so they can apparently just project onto mm. the teddy bear. And I think probably in YA fiction, there needs to be a similar level, a similar amount of room for projection. Like, while there were certainly things that Jay did that I was like, oh, I know where this is going. You've made the wrong decision here. It was still objective enough that I could be like, I can understand why he's making this decision. But potentially when I was 18 years old or younger, I would have made the same decisions mm-hmm. or whatever. There was no proper unique character tra- apart from his list making and the, him being well into stats, which I think is a nice crutch into providing like a character trait. Mm-hmm. But I still really liked him, despite the fact that, yeah, he was just a teenage boy. All he cared about was shagging. Mm-hmm. Um, he was just really sweet and really likable and all of the characters were. And I think that that is such an impressive thing to do. And I, yeah. like I said, I think you, if this kind of book had been about when we were teenagers, mm-hmm. it just would have been so useful. Like So useful. And particularly from a LGBT point of view, like, mm-hmm. I mean, my experience of <laughs> queer literature when I was growing up, I did try and find stuff to read, but it was always really academic and all mm-hmm. written by kind of older middle-class white men who'd had particular experiences that I could not relate to as a 14-year-old boy who just wanted to have sex with everyone. (laughs) And I remember one, but my one memory is my mom was in a book club and Uh she... Do you remember when Brokeback Mountain came out? Yes. Yeah, it was like 2005. 2005. Yeah, so you you would have been, like, cognizant. (laughs) I always forget how old you are. Um, I would have been 10 in 2005. And yes, I watched it and I was like, well, I remember being in my bedroom and I had a little Mm -hmm. tiny TV and the advert came on. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. Bedroom with the door closed and locked. No, I saw that. I had a little (laughs) tiny TV. (laughs) I'm just trying to make myself, I don't know, sound more interesting. And the advert for Brokeback Mountain, the film came out. Mm-hmm. And back then, even back then, there was no, there was nothing overtly gay about the advert, but there was just oh. something about the advert that was like, are these two like really fit, straight Hollywood actors going to shag in this film? Like I could <laughs> not believe it. And obviously uh-huh. it wasn't just easy to get out like, me phone and Google it or there was nothing. I don't know. I kind of just, and I couldn't ask anyone because I was still in the closet. So oh. It was just like, oh, my God, are they actually going to do this? And then when, when I found out it was a gay film, I couldn't believe it. But then I didn't want to watch it because I didn't want to say to my parents, Jeff, what should we watch tonight? Mm, 
mad enough to top of my head was Brock Mountain. So, <laughs> and obviously, I've I wait, like these, a year uh, for these adverts out. about these uh, these really straight uh, cowboys, just about yeah. being cowboys and on ranches, and they just look after the cows. So uh, I think that would be really informative. Yeah, I'm really, I'm really looking to become to become a, a sort of cowboy type fella. And I'm moving to Utah. But, That'd be it every Christmas till the end of time you get a new pair of cowboy boots. Yeah, I mean, fit. Mm. So, but anyway, my mom, but it must have been when that had come out. What? Pun intended. <laughs> she got the book, which is just, it's a, it's a short story. It's only about 100 pages. Whoa, I did not know that Brokeback Mountain was a book. Mm, it's Annie Prue, who's like a really, really prolific American sort of classic fuck? writer. And... <sighs> I, I, to be honest, I've read it, I've read out other stuff and I find it so boring. My mom loves Annie Proust. She's got like all of her books. I've really okay. tried, but I can't. But Brokeback Mountain, I, I, I saw it on the side on the kitchen, in the kitchen and I took it upstairs and I read it mm-hmm. without breaking the spine. Like I was just like peering <laughs> yeah. through. Not that my parents would have kept, like my mom, obviously they knew. My mom said she knew I was gay when I was 18 months old, but I just didn't want to... <laughs> I know I wasn't ready and I read it and it is you you need to read it it's incredibly moving I cried tears I cried tears (gasps) at that book it is so so sad and brilliant and the way that she describes the way that they were feeling about each other oh chills thinking about it love the film as well by the way but that was my I read it in one sitting I was just completely blown away by it because it was the first and only time I'd ever read about gay people and it's again Mm -hmm. it's a tragic narrative Brokeback Mountain Mm-hmm. But if I'd have had Jay's gay agenda, Jesus, oh, I mean, game changer, yeah. And I know that, yeah. First of all, just Jack Twist, Heath Ledger. It, it is Heath Ledger yeah. is Jack Twist, isn't it? Not the Um, Jack Twist, Jack Nasty. Uh, no, Jack Twist is Jake Gyllenhaal, isn't it? No, oh, it? I don't know. Let me. Anyway, whoa, Heath Ledger is just. I know. My ultimate ultimate celeb crush was, you know he yeah. died when he was 28 i know my mom i remember my mom came out of the bath covered in bubbles and went Heath Ledger's died because she was obsessed oh, with him i, I am and me too mary anyway um yes. oh he's ennis and jake's jack ennis ennis delmar yes completely agree and i, I but, what i'm about to say could just be the fact that i never actively went looking for that kind of stuff but the even heterosexual sex in young adult books there wasn't any and I think most certainly the group of girls that I grew up with are bibles were the Louise Renison, Angus Thong and and Snogging books and Mm -hmm. there was maybe I think like eight or something in the whole series there were loads and the thing is, is that they were kind of like obviously with the title Angus Longs and Full Frontal Snogging. I remember like begging my mum to get me that in borders, and she was a bit like, Well, what's this about? Um, and you would just it was like you would get it, and before you'd even before you'd even read the first page, you just scour through, like you just flick through it trying to find anything to do with it. Only they had control and F at those. Oh days. my god, yeah. But then this is the thing because there was everything was like innuendo. There was no, there was no direct. It was sex, especially. Well, I don't know, especially, but certainly from the perspective that I was trying to learn about it, which is straight women or straight girls lusting after straight men, mm-hmm. was so inundated with shame. Like everything that she so boobs were called nunga nungas, so you couldn't even call boobs boobs. 
to get her and she had this whole list of bases like first base second base third base but it was like um yeah we got to third base which is blah 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 but then no one ever explicitly I still don't fully know what the bases are I have no idea. What if I, what if me and you have actually never hit a home run yet, Paul? <gasps> we'll just it's possible. I don't know. I don't know if I've made it to first base. What is first base? Isn't it like touching a tit or something, or is that second what? base? Who knows? How many bases Who? are there for? Depends what sport you're playing. Babes, yeah, for baseball, so, isn't it? Literally, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> rounders, um, but even then there was just no, and that was that. That was as close as we got, and she used to snog boys and she would like rate the snogness and she would always talk about the wet scale but it was written in such a way as like wetness of mouth like how much saliva was going on obviously as I've gotten older with a Mm. tiny bit of hindsight I've realized that there was probably a little bit of wordplay going on there or slight double meaning but just apps otherwise as far as I am aware anyway there was nil by the way of sex uh, sex positive books for heterosexual teens either and Mm -hmm. we just had to rely on fucking pshe where (laughs) we got separated from well the class was separated into boys and girls and the girls got told exclusively about periods and i I still to this day don't know what the boys spoke about i remember that happened in my school now i can't remember what we spoke about and all i wanted to do is be in the boy the room with the boys i only wanted to be in the room with the girls and yeah, so obviously I'm not trying to take away from the case that there was nowhere near as much um, <laughs> visibility of queer relationships, but particularly in YA fiction, I think this is something that just needs to be, because if we're not going to be fucking taught it at schools, at least allow authors yeah. to give us a bit of a sex education. Well, the positive thing is that I've read loads of queer YA over the last couple of years. There's a lot. There's not, is there's there... not, you know, there's not too much. <laughs> There's, uh, but there is. I don't know why I said service saturated. What I meant was, <laughs> I said that as if they like, we've solved the problem. I mean, that there could be more. There could always be more. But I've I've read a lot. A lot of it comes from America. There's mm-hmm. less stuff in the UK, I would say. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then the other terribly scary thing is that they're doing all of this book banning in America, and it's these books that are that are getting banned. Like what? Yeah, let me just Google that. Oh, jeez. So there's I'm a proposed to... ban of LGBT-themed books in the United States. Um, there's been multiple ones over the years. And, okay, wait, no. So this is a page that's specifically about books, sp- specific books that were proposed to be banned. Mm-hmm. And, uh, for example, the Perks of Being a Wallflower's on there, not particularly queer. To, to be there's banned. a gay character in it, yeah. Um, in 2013 so and 14. The Kite Runner. Oh my God. My Sister's Keeper. The Pigs of Being a Wallflower has been on this list for one, two, three, four, four separate, wo- four separate years. So they're trying to get these books banned in like places like Alabama. Wow. Yeah, but there was another the proposed. The Pigs of Being a Wallflower is one of the best books I've ever read. It's really brilliant. But there's, he, oh. there's just a gay character in it, isn't there? Like a side Look, character. It's, it's, isn't it? Um, oh, it's played by. Um, it's played by Ezra Miller in the film. Ezra Miller. Yeah. Patrick. So I've just googled it. Um, there's a there's a brilliant author called Juno Dawson who's a trans woman, and she has mm-hmm. written 
some really good nonfiction stuff. And there's an article from the 19th of December, 2021. My work is among 850 inclusive titles a Texas lawmaker wants out of school libraries. And what a surprise, 62% of them are LGBTQ+. Gay is gay, again, it is really hard to say that, actually. (laughs) Gay is gay agenda. There's no way the the spaff machine is going to make it through. (laughs) Texas. Texas. It's in the title, which is, I just love it. Just this unapologetic, mm-hmm. like, and why, you, do you know what I mean? I'm saying unapologetic because there, there would be cause for it to be apologetic. In the but historically, place. like, internalised yeah, stuff has made us want to apologise for wanting yeah. to have sex and wanting to talk to people about sex. And Yeah, I just think it's <laughs> such a, I was trying to, there was a part of me that was trying to sort of place it age-wise, I think. So Jay is 17, turns 18 in the book. Definitely probably too young for 18-year-olds. Yeah, so the, the rule, if there is a rule, but generally what they say in why is that your readers are about two years younger than the characters because they want to aspire to be that character in a couple mm-hmm. of years. So I'd say probably 15, 16 is the target market. Yeah, okay. I landed on 14 I was like yeah yeah of 14 but then if you if you go any younger than 14 it's sort of going into middle grade which is a whole other genre yeah Um, but yeah I mean I think the thing that we've both taken away from this book clearly is that it's really needed it's really joyful it's an absolute pleasure and I really do encourage people to read more YA like Oh, YA fiction is just brilliant. Like, apparently 50% of the readership of YA fiction is adults, and it's just these teenagers writing about the here and now and the experience, and it's just incredibly relatable and just nostalgic and brings a lot back. And, yeah, my favourite YA book I've read recently, it's not a recent book, was Submarine. Oh, my God, Richard Iowardi. Yeah. He did the film, yeah. I loved that book. I thought that was really good. That's a British one. I've never, never read that. People are good. I love YA. Um, Me too. My fave YA. Outsiders? The Outsiders, yeah. Because it's my favourite book of all time. Yeah, it was really safe. I knew knew that everything that was going to happen was going to be solvable. Taught some valuable lessons along the way. I'd say that, obviously it's written by an adult, but Mm -hmm. the character's approach to sex and sexuality and consent and all of these things is so mature. And obviously, you know probably more mature than people really are but mm-hmm. I think the interesting thing is that because I'm thinking our oh, Gen Z I wonder if they'll I reckon Gen Z are like that you know I yeah, really but... hold Gen Z in quite high like, so regard. do I but they're having less sex and yeah it, so I, I find that yeah because it just proves that banning books about gay sex doesn't stop people mm-hmm. having it in mm-hmm. fact having a really open inclusive honest dialogue about this kind of stuff is what makes people make healthier choices not that it's not that it's unhealthy to do it but I mean make healthier choices with their bodies and like don't feel forced into things and don't feel shame about it and obviously that just makes the world better doesn't it exactly have I I oversimplified that no I think I think that does the trick I personally really enjoyed the fact that I knew every interaction was going to be really mature like someone has said, yeah. oh, what you've done there is actually quite hurtful. And if you think about it from this perspective, this is why. And then the character would go, oh, yeah, now that you've said that, I really do understand why that would be deemed hurtful. And I'm ever so sorry. Um, <laughs> I'm never going to make that mistake again in my entire life. And I was now like, let's shag. <laughs> now, now shall we shag really safe and consensually? <laughs> they want to be like, uh, yeah, sure. Are you OK with that? Yeah, 
loved that. I think the way that it was written, I was a tiny bit annoyed with pacing, but then that's I think that's just because I'm not a horny teenager. So it was like You know. <laughs> now I'm a horny adult. Um <laughs> every single minute detail he did get a boner over so then we'd have to think about it for ages and I'd be like but it did just make me a little bit like that painful nostalgia where you're like oh yeah miss having crushes that hurt yeah you know when you really fancy someone that it's it's almost painful Mm -hmm. and like someone looks at you and then that's all you talk about for the rest of the day like with your friends you're like no let me just do this look again let me just show you how they look to me again (laughs) do (laughs) any friends like he's into you he's into you i'm not lying he he's into you you've got years isn't he i do really miss that but it does mean <laughs> that the pacing was like quite torturous yeah, it, it was pretty um, long for a while it was and also a lot of the action happened towards the end not mm-hmm. just sexual once the sex started happening it didn't stop and i really enjoyed that uh, <laughs> but like towards the end it was all like, oh, it's all coming to a head and they're basically working up towards a hoedown or homecoming. And that's one of the big dilemmas. Mm-hmm. And then that only got a few pages. And I was like, no, I want more of this party. Yeah. What I was going to say about the pacing is that I think it set itself up perfectly to become a series. And I would absolutely read the whole series. Like, I think we're going to hear a lot more about jay's trials and tribulations yeah um, but mainly fun gay times jason june smashed it we love you what a legend and actually writes for very 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 young children so writes chapter books he has a series of chapter books oh. called Mermacorn island <laughs> oh. and then has picture books so for literally babies Called, oh. One of them is called Porcupine Cupid, which I think is a little gay romance for a hedgehog porcupine thing. Um, who but whoever. And then her second YA is coming out. It's called Out of the Blue. And the cover <gasps> is one sort of slightly chunkier guy sitting on the edge of a swimming pool. And then a redheaded other guy leaning over the side merman. of the pool because they're in it and it's a merman <laughs> right okay sorry i really ruined the punchline but no, you said fine. another guy i was like wait he had a tail <laughs> yeah so that's out on 31st of may 2022 oh well we'll I'm read gonna... it for yeah this. i'm 100 percent gonna read that thanks jason love you bibs the reason i wanted to move on to this is because i thought we could talk a little bit about crushes and things in schools in school <laughs> so i'll tell my sob story first okay well it was just really just nothing happened in my life (laughs) because it just wasn't allowed really (laughs) so i basically had multiple really quite intense crushes on people who i either could never tell anyone about Mm -hmm. or when i did come out to some friends i'd be like Oh, I fancy him and they'd be like oh he's straight I'd be like okay then yeah so it's another reason why Jay's gay agenda would have been good because I could have lived vicariously through him but yeah I do remember having crushes like there was one person I was probably in year 10 or something and I did think oh my god it's happened I'm in love uh-huh. <laughs> I was just convinced I thought this is yeah I'm in love I'm in love and I didn't even know him very well and he didn't really speak to me <laughs> But one time I remember I was in the lunch hall 
and he came up behind us and like hugged us from behind and I was like ah, oh my god 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 and I thought this is it this is it my life is changing I don't know I if would... you thought that I was someone else or <laughs> it's really really <laughs> random <laughs> and then that was that end of the love story I really remember my first painful crush when it was a celebrity crush who um and I was in year five which I think is quite premature but uh, it was just when Pirates of the Caribbean had come out and I could not believe that a man like Orlando Bloom existed (laughs) I just my tiny head big head tiny brain couldn't comprehend it and I told this girl, so my primary school was so small that we used to have to share classrooms. The year groups would share classrooms because there was 14 of us in my year. So oh. the girl in the year above me, but in my class, said that she was Orlando Bloom's third cousin, eight times removed or something. And I really believed her because why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you? Yeah. And I was like, in year five, I was like, She's called Rachel. Rachel, I will do anything to meet this man. I will do whatever it takes to meet this man who will fall in love with me, a nine-year-old. <laughs> and she obviously knew that she would fucking had her because she she wasn't related to that all under bloom. And anyway, she was like, well, he won't be able to meet you, but I'll see what I can do. And then she brought in a scrap of a plaid shirt <laughs> she'd sprayed with like men's deodorant and she said this is from one of Orlando's shirts and I carried it around with me for the rest of the year oh. and would smell it regularly and it was just presumably like links and it used to pain me it used to make my chest hurt thinking that Orlando Bloom had once worn this shirt <laughs> Oh, bless <laughs> you. And then um, everyone got really jealous. And I don't know why she did that. Like, because she would have only been 10. Like, either that's conniving to the point of evil genius. Like, that's a bit sick. Mm-hmm. Or she just felt really cornered and, like, cut up one of her brother's shirts. Probably a bit of both. Yeah, can you imagine, like, <laughs> sneaking in my brother's wardrobe? Exactly. I've just, I, have to, I have to have a bit of this shirt. Sorry. Sorry, can't explain why. Um, yeah, and I just remember it physically hurting me how how much I loved this piece mm. of plaid shirt. I used to get quite violently envious of women celebrities who got to marry really fit male celebrities. Mm-hmm. and I still do. <laughs> I mean, yeah, to a degree. But there was this one time when um, I saw on the front of the paper that Sienna Miller and Jude Lord got married and I was fuming. I was so, so upset with Sienna. And yeah. I thought, what have you done to deserve him? And I really was like, I really want them to break up. I don't want them to be happy. I want them to break up. And mm-hmm. then I remember really vividly, not that long later, I was on the Metro and on the front of a magazine that someone was reading, Jude and Sienna split. And I was I felt so so guilty about it. Yeah. I was like, I could, and that's when it's one of those moments when I learned yeah. you can't be wishing sadness on people. But that is terrible. He wasn't. It's not like he left. He was going to leave her for me. Again, I was probably thirteen, and <laughs> I just felt Hormone. awful. 
Oh, oh they're awful. Bizarre things, though, aren't they? Like, and I remember I used to get really irritated whenever I would be in a mood. Mm. And my mum would just be like, oh, it's just you, it's just your hormones. Like, don't worry, you won't be in this mood. And I'm like, ah! It's not <laughs> these invisible things that don't exist. This is yeah. who I am. And then I'd be like, <laughs> it's a spoon. And I'd be like, I take it back. <laughs> I'm nice again now. <laughs> hey, God, I remember one time I was pretty young because it was my the first house that we lived in so I would have been under eight and mm. I was very angry and like looking back I think it was all of this internalized hom- homophobia and feeling worried about coming out and I did just like really make my childhood way shitter than it needed to be like I wouldn't go to parties and stuff because I was scared that people would ask about it it was like all of that kind of thing that I just oh. yeah I kind of regret that now but then the good thing about lots of gay people not all obviously but it's just when when I came out <laughs> What was that? Wow, wow, wow. I was like an absolute, I was making up for lost time basically, like session every single day. But I've skipped forward about 15 years there. But when I was really young, I'd had a massive tantrum. I was a bit of a knob, to be honest. My brother was really nice and I was a dick. And I wrote a trail of A4 papers on the floor, each that said, I hate my life. And I left a trail from my room right the way into my mom and dad's room. <laughs> How horrible is that? And then we're made up like 15 minutes later. And I went up and wrote sometimes underneath all of them. Whoa. <laughs> Instead of just taking them away, I was like, I still want you to know you hurt me. But, and it was, yeah, I was a bit, I was quite awful. I remember once in school, I still really hate admitting this. I was attention seeking. And I think I'd learned a few days before what a hit list was. So I was writing my hit list in the school. And number one, I'd written <laughs> my brother. <laughs> Always my number one. <laughs> yeah. Number two was my mum, which just absolutely is is not and has never been the case. <laughs> but yeah. At the time, I was like, I think it was just because I was doing it in front of people. And I was like, yeah, my mum. And then number three was Mrs. Page, who was the deputy headmistress, who should have actually been number one. And... Anyway, one day after school, I was in my room and I came out of my room and my mum was standing in the bathroom, which is directly across from my bedroom. And the door was open and she was just crying in the bathroom. And I was like, what? Like, what are you crying about? And she turned around and she just turned this piece of paper around and she just hold it. And it was my hit list. <laughs> and she'd got her hands on my hit list. Oh, and I had to be like, well, obviously... I don't mean that. And she was like, why is Jack number one? And why am I number two on your hit list? And I was like, I don't even know what a hit list is, but I'd written hit list and then in brackets, killing list. (laughs) So it's just absolutely no escaping it. Sorry, mum. You know that I didn't mean it. She will have forgotten up until this very moment. Yeah. Um, I remember one of Anthony's favourite stories is that in primary school, they were going around the class asking what people wanted to do for a living. And people are like, I want to be a pop star. Um, I want to be a vet. I want to be a doctor. And then they asked one person and he went, assassin. <laughs> it's like in year five. <laughs> what do you want to be? I want to be an assassin. <laughs> it's funny because it's like, it is actually a job, isn't it? Like you could right, be yeah. an assassin. <laughs> do you know what? I hope that he is. Uh, I hope that he made too. that dream. Imagine if I just shot through the window now. <laughs> I just saw a red laser on you. sours streaming the wall with my blood. One thing I do want to ask is about your first kiss. Well, I had like a few first kisses. 
No, that's not possible unless you had some sort of orgy snog. Potentially my first ever kiss. I was in year six and I'd gone to the swimming baths with all of my friends from school, all 14 of us. Because yeah. <laughs> your friendship group was just your whole year, wasn't it? <laughs> and I was going out with Mark at the time. We'd been going out for probably about 45 minutes. And we jumped in the pool and under the water had our first kiss, but then got got told off by the lifeguard because it was heavy petting. You imagine all <laughs> like the piss and verrucas that were between oh, your lips floating around yeah um and also I had to open my eyes to then see where I was going underwater but then close my eyes because it was my first kiss so quite a confusing mm. moment and then I think probably I remember kissing the boy who turned out to be my boyfriend when I was in year 11 so I kissed him I think in year 10 and I think that was probably my first snog and I remember I was 14, I think, or 15, however old you are in year 10. And I remember being embarrassed because I was so old, apparently. It was completely uneventful. I was drunk, which is great. <laughs> I was 15 <laughs> um, and I was drunk. And he had actually broken up with his girlfriend who he'd been with for a really long time. And I knew that it was to get with me. I just knew it was, but I wanted to hear him say it. So then I was hounding him at this that point. That was like Jude and Sienna. Why have you broken up? Yeah. Why have you broken up with her? Why have you broken up with her? And then eventually there's like, I've broken up with her because I fancy you. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> I snogged him. <laughs> and then I went to another house party because I was at a party. And then I went to another house party and the mum kicked me out. She was like, she's too drunk. She wow. needs to go home. Had Legend. too many WKDs. So I went back to the original house party and snogged him a bit more. <laughs> Aww. I wonder how he's doing. Anyway, what about you? Tell me about yours. <laughs> um, my first snog was on the bus to Italy <laughs> what I feel like I've mentioned this on the podcast before but I went You've not we went to Italy we went to the we went skiing in year eight you've told me about that trip because that's the trip yeah. where the teacher sat you down and said tell us about that dream yes oh god oh god <laughs> get that out of my mind um eating this cherry and it's fucking awful I might eat mine so it was 33 hours, you know, just a cheeky 33 hours. <laughs> just a day and a bit. <laughs> yeah, it was mental. But we had so much fun, but the teachers must have absolutely hated their lives. Anyway, mm-hmm. it got to the point where we would just would listen to all the music we could. We'd chatted about everything we could because there's nothing to chat about when you're that age because you don't do anything. You've got no life experiences. School is your life. Isn't yeah. It? So then everyone, I felt really cool because I don't think anyone else was snogging, but me and Emma Purvis were like, let's just snog. And whoa. it was my first ever snog. And whoa, whoa, I remember whoa. she smelled like Britney Spears Curious, which I still really like to this day. <laughs> and then, <laughs> honestly, it was like a microcosm of, you know how some people, when they first have sex, that is it. And they yeah. are just like, I want to do this all the time. All the time. Not so it was like that, but with, with kissing. So it was my first ever kiss. And then I was like, well, that was fine. I can be really adventurous now. So they were making us do things to each other, like kiss wise. And oh, don't like this, Paul. And one of them was to like retrieve a malwam from each other's tongues, but only using tongues. And I was like, okay, oh my I'm god, I am a so cool now. I am a sexy um, god. Yeah, but my first kiss with a boy was. Uh-huh. So my partner Michael is always on about how oh those straight boys who 
would get drunk and like experiment or would always want to kiss the gay boy. And I've heard loads of people say that, like, oh, do you remember that in school when there was the straight boy who secretly kissed the gay boys? And I was like, sorry, no. Like there was absolutely none of that in my life. I did not have a single kiss with a boy. Fucking that time when that boy hugged me from behind was probably like the most explicit moment of my childhood. (laughs) (laughs) So my first kiss with a boy was, I have mentioned this before, but when I first went to Powerhouse and... Oh, yeah. We're kissing the toilets. Whoa, whoa, whoa. But then he became my boyfriend for 18 months. That's annoying, that, because he... So annoying. You wasted valuable snogging time. I know. I did have a period where I would just kiss everyone and anyone in in bars. But after the 18-month relationship. Yeah, because can you imagine, if you imagine Jay... Yes. All that tension built up. I had a bit of a snog fest between 15 and 16 and then when I was 16 I got in a relationship that lasted seven years so yeah again <laughs> look at us my favorite kissing night Mm-mm. which I'm just so proud of how many people did you snog in one night I think it was five nice. but we're in powerhouse <laughs> of course. Halloween right uh-huh. I was dressed as a burglar <laughs> <laughs> and and so a zombie burglar sorry so I had like zombie makeup on Mm. and like what it wasn't even zombie it was like white ghosty sort of makeup on with my with a little hattie that was black and white stripes and then like you know that horrible Halloween costume material that was just 100% nylon yeah like (laughs) you would set on fire within 100 meters of an open flame yes exactly like I was really I was I was still smoking at the time so I that was a bit bit worrying but anyway it was just the most amazingly joyous atmosphere everyone was just up for kissing everyone but it was all in good fun and I was (laughs) running around the bar kissing people snuggy 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 and then there was this man dressed as a pumpkin and he had a huge pumpkin costume on it was really funny and he let me try it on and I was like dancing on the stage with it right fun and he had a green face because his face was the stalk it was very funny love that then Uh I was with my friend Stacey and Laura Mm-hmm. The night finished, fabulous, fabulous. Went outside. Stacy went, Paul, why is your face green? And I was like, What <gasps> do you mean? No, not that there'd been transfer of green from kissing. My white makeup was completely gone and my face was just completely green as if I'd fully applied the green makeup. <laughs> and to this day, we do not know because I didn't have any green makeup. I didn't go to the toilet and wash anything off. They were with me the whole night and my face just turned green like the Wicked Witch of the West. It was it will the have been, weirdest It will thing. have been all of the transfer, all of the snug, snug, But it was so perfectly done. <laughs> it was mad. But yeah, that was my, oh. my most uh, adventurous night ever. Kissing five people, you know bless us. Maybe my New Year's resolution is to snog more. Oh my God, there's nothing wrong with it, but it's snog. Oh, fucking COVID, man. Exactly. Exactly. Ruins everything. What are we reading Next week, Paul. So next week, we are going to be reading Misfits, A Personal Manifesto by the sensational Michaela Cole, actor, writer, probably a producer, probably some sort of director mm-hmm. who broke out with the series Chewing Gum and then a couple of years ago did my favourite TV series I've ever seen in my goddamn life. Is I May it? Destroy You. Oh, God, I, I can't even think about it. It makes I think it's the most genius thing I've ever seen. I remember when we spoke about that last episode and oh. even thinking, just thinking about it now, I'm getting whole body shivers. I know. Yeah. So this, this 
book is a powerful manifesto on how speaking your truth and owning your differences can transform your life. So she's making a compelling case for radical honesty. I heard about radical honesty a couple of weeks ago, and apparently it's been a concept since 1997. But anyway, it's going to be talking about racism in the industry and in the TV and film industry. And I can't wait to read this one. I'm excited. So the drink that we're going to have is so mm-hmm. it's called misfits and i was like right so <gasps> let's have a drink where the two ingredients you wouldn't think would go together but not in right. the same way as death in the afternoon don't worry i'm not going to make you drink absinthe and champagne again Ugh. so the drink is called dark moon mm-hmm. so we've got one and a half cups of cold brew coffee which nice. i think is just like you make coffee and put it in the fridge yep what do does that. it mean well whatever we'll figure it out Mm-hmm. Half a cup of coffee liqueur. Yep, could do that. Some spiced rum if you've got it. I think I do. Um, a little bit of cream. I'm going to use amarula. Oh, good shout. And then finally, uh, this is, I guess, the bit that would be like, what? Mm-hmm. Uh, a bottle of Coca-Cola. Oh, no, Paul. What? That sounds fucking gross. You know what it says? Preferably Mexican. <laughs> Mexican, Mexican Coca-Cola. Cola. Um, so it's going to be like a Coke float in it No, because a Coke float's Coke and ice cream Yeah, but the same sort of vanilla-y Where's the vanilla? <laughs> in the cream <laughs> So, no. but I guess Coke and coffee But I can see how that would work Okay, alright I'm gonna, I, mean, I'm I gonna... think it's going to be good And I want us okay. to talk about this book I'm gonna, I want us to darken our rooms I'm going to light some candles Pretend we're in a really oh. dark bar With the dark moon and pretend we know what the fuck we're talking about. Um, should we be really smart? Should we try and be like Michaela Cole and just be like, oh, can't even imagine what it'd be like being that smart. She's just amazing, absolutely amazing. Right, well, that's that's it. Um, so okay, I almost forgot about the technical hitch at the beginning. <sighs> Me too. Anyway, until next week. Love my you. Love you. Day.